Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Um, I've got a picture to start that made me laugh when I saw this on social media. I actually um, burst out laughing. Um, I thought it was so funny, that poor car, all four wheels in the air. <gasps> Petrol's how much? And then I went to fill my car, and I thought, Ooh, actually, this isn't so funny. <laughs> you know, you might not drive a car, but, uh, you know, maybe a few weeks ago in that cold spell, you thought more than twice about switching the heating on. And maybe when you're going around a supermarket, well, not maybe, I'm sure you are noticing that the cost of living is going up. It's tough. It's tough. And as a church family, we are here for one another, as a family is in good times and in the not-so-good times. And so I want to start today um, by just reminding everybody about all the ways in which we can find help here at Riverside. So this month, we are going to be running a really good uh, money management course in all of our small groups. And I would just encourage you, it's for everybody, please do make the most of that opportunity. You might feel quite well off at the moment, you might be feeling the pinch. You might feel completely in control of your finances or out of control. Um, this course is just part of being a disciple of Jesus. It's for everybody. I mean, he tells us so many times in the Bible, we read how important it is to be a good steward of the, all the resources that we are given. So if you're not yet in a small group, don't miss out on that course. Actually, it's a good opportunity to sign up at the end at the Connect table and get to be a part of that. Now, you know, if that course shows, or in fact, if you're already aware that you are struggling, then we can give you one-to-one -one help to follow up on it, to help you get your budget in balance. We can also, through Storehouse, provide immediate help in the way of food, and children's clothing. And if you have debts that you are struggling to pay off, then through our new Money Advice Center, um, we can support you on a journey of becoming free from debt. And you know, sometimes we talk about these various ministries as though they are there for us to reach out into our communities. And, and they are, of course, but they're also for us, for our church family. So please do catch me later, talk to me, anybody else you've seen up here at the front, or talk to your small group leaders if you need any kind of support. And you know, we're able to offer these ministries, we're able to offer this support because of people's generosity. People give their money, their time, their energy to serve others in that way. And today I'm talking about being generous. And you might think, in the light of all those cost-of-living challenges, that my timing is quite poor. I appreciate that. I do understand that in times like this, we can be afraid to be generous to other people. It's perfectly natural to ask, am I going to have enough for myself? You want to do what's best for you. You want to do what is best for your family. Do not be ashamed of thinking those sort of thoughts. Because Jesus wants the very best for you. 
and he wants the very best for your family. And if you ask Jesus what that best looked like, he would tell us that we do well, we flourish when we are generous. For example, he says this in Luke 6. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And you know, when his first disciples pointed out to uh, Jesus how much they'd given up for him, how much they'd given away, he responded like this at the end of um, Luke 18. He says, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age, in this age, and in the age to come, eternal life. So the title of today's talk is Always Generous. And I am going to read from a letter that um, Paul sent to the church in Corinth. And in the middle of this letter, he reminds them about a collection that they have been taking up for the poor in Jerusalem. And he's writing from a a country um, called Macedonia. And he tells the Corinthians, um, you know, the people here are really poor. The Macedonians are poor, but they have given generously despite that. So hence our title today, Always Generous in Good Times and in bad. So here in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, Paul is reminding them what Jesus said about those benefits of giving generously. So I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 9 and start at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
Now, if you know anything about the church in Corinth, you might have read Paul's first letter to this church, you will know that they had a number of issues. It's quite a young church. They're quite immature. There was a bit of infighting. There was sexual immorality, other challenges going on. Now, in that context, you might think it's a bit odd that in this second letter, Paul devotes at least a couple of chapters to talking about money. Didn't those people in Corinth need to sort other things out first? Didn't they have other priorities? Well, actually, we shouldn't be surprised at that emphasis. It shows us just how key our attitudes to money and to giving are. This is a quote that's quite well known. I've used it before. It's from um, the evangelist Billy Graham. And he said this, If a person gets their attitude towards money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area in their life. In fact, in verse 6 here, Paul spells out just how generosity works to our benefit. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So today I'm going to share with you some of the benefits of sowing or giving generously. And everything I say about money applies equally to giving our time, using our abilities, um, using the things we own like our homes or our cars to bless other people. And you know, we can be generous with our compliments, with our encouragement, so when you hear me talk about giving, it's not just financial. So first benefit of being generous always. When we give a lot away, we will have all that we need and more. Well, that just seems completely counterintuitive, doesn't it? And that's why we often are tempted to lead our lives hanging on to what we've got. But let's look at what Paul says here. Verse 8 makes it clear that God is able to bless us abundantly. He talks about us having in all things, at all times, having all that you need. Verse 10, he will supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be made rich in every way. Is Paul talking about financial riches? I think in some cases he is. But I think he's also talking about blessings like answers to our prayers, breakthroughs in relationships, and lots of other things too. Remember that Billy Graham quote? Get your attitude to money straight, and it helps straighten out the rest of your life. And one of the funny things about God's economy is that as we give it away, it seems we don't have less. This is a picture of abundance, isn't it? And this abundance isn't given to us just so we can get richer and richer and accumulate lots of wealth. Because verse 11 says, you will be enriched so that you can be generous on every occasion. It goes around again. You're generous, you're enriched, so that you can be generous on every occasion. It feels like for example, we give away 10%, but the 90% that we're left with is just, well, God enables that to be more than enough. 
Let me tell you a little story, um, personal story, from just a few weeks ago. As, uh, as Rob mentioned, excuse me a moment. As Rob mentioned, we're um, getting the Money Advice Center set up, and somebody was uh, referred to us for help, and I, I met with this lovely person and uh, established how we might be able to help. And it was in the week, um, the weeks leading up to Easter, and, uh, and so I thought I'd better manage her expectations. I said, yeah, um, you know, we can, we can um, provide you with some more help, uh, but it is leading up to Easter. I just have to say, you know, I know I'm going away for a week. I think others will be. Um, might be a while before we can get back to you. And then, and she was, she was fine with that. But, you know, afterwards I just thought, if that was me, and I had taken that step to ask for help, I, I, would, I would want that help sooner rather than later. And so um, I felt I should go back to her and say, actually, I, c I can meet you before Easter again. And the scenario was, I was going away, Easter week short, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then I was going away. And um, I was beginning to prepare this talk. I was busy with Money Advice Center things. I was doing other things. It was a really busy week. Now, we just read in that passage that God loves a cheerful giver. And if I was entirely honest with you, I wasn't entirely cheerful in my giving of my time. <laughs> Do you, do you ever feel like that? You know, you make an offer to somebody and you say, well, maybe we could, I could do this. or you know, and, and in your heart of hearts, you're sort of hoping that they'll say, oh, it's not convenient, or I know I'm busy, or no, don't worry, wait till after Easter. You, uh, just me? Just me that does that? And that's where I was at, if I'm honest. But I made this offer and she came back to me and she said, oh, yeah, that would be really great. <laughs> And do you know what happened? It was like my week had an extra day in it. That's what happened. It was like God gave me a week that went Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Things went really well. Things were done efficiently. Things got done quicker than I expected because I had chosen to give away. Try it. Try it for yourself. You know, now we've got more than one site. There are lots of opportunities to give your time and your energy to help others. Or you could invite someone to your home. You could do something that doesn't cost money at all, by the way. You know, there's possibly somebody here this morning who, this afternoon, all you need to do to be generous is switch your phone off. Give somebody some eye contact and listen to them. Be generous with your availability. Second benefit of being generous. Generosity brings our communities to life, and that's why we chose this title for our series. It leads to consequences that are eternal. Because, for example, in verse 11, it says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. He says, your service leads to an overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of your service, others will praise God. So Paul is telling the Corinthians, your generosity is going to melt the hearts of those Jewish Christians who are in need. And then non-believing friends will get to hear about it too. 
And we see it here all the time. We see it here all the time. When we give to storehouse, for example, people's stomachs are filled, but their hearts are affected. What you give, your generosity, leads somebody to encounter Christ and his love for them. You want to see Jesus at work? Come volunteer in storehouse. Our gifts of time and money have eternal consequences. And we want to do more. This launch of stains means more space for more people to come and encounter Jesus, to be blessed. And if you um, received a brochure about our plans, um, you'll know a little bit about next week's um, Commitment Sunday, and you will have read about the plan for stains and for other sites. If you don't have one of these, we're going to hand some out uh, later on. But the gifts that we give next week on Commitment Sunday will lead to thanks and praise to God. Now, I don't think I've ever been to Staines. I don't live near Staines. I guess if you live near Staines, that's where you'd be this morning. I hope I get to visit that site. But the gift that I give next week won't be going towards things that I'm going to see and enjoy and use week in, week out. Just as the people who gave generously 20 years ago to build this auditorium, and the people who gave more recently to build our lovely foyer, or the people who I remember down on their hands and knees laying these carpet tiles. <laughs> you know, so many of them have now moved away. Some of them have been to be, gone to be with their Lord. But they gave for the benefit of others. They gave for future generations like us, enabling us to encounter God, here in great facilities and enabling us to serve our community. Final benefit of generosity, quickly. Generosity makes us feel good, doesn't it? At the end of this passage that we read together in verse 15, um, Paul refers to this. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God gave first. He gave himself to us in the person of his son, Jesus. We were reminded of this a few weeks ago at Easter. God is more generous than we will ever understand. And the thing is, we are created in his image. You and me, we're designed to be generous. So when you operate in that way, we feel good. Because we're working in the way that was intended. It's natural. feels right. We feel closer to God. So when you have an opportunity to give your time, use your gifts in God's service, you will feel God's pleasure. Now, I do understand that it can feel a bit scary to be generous. But when we're generous... We flourish. Now, Rob, if you could um, get those baskets going around. Many of you will have picked up this brochure um, last week. Some of you will have received it in the post. Um, but we don't want anybody to miss out. So if you don't have one, 
do feel free to take one from um, the baskets as they go around. If you're visiting with us today, <coughs> it's so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for listening patiently as we talk about a lot of church's business this morning. Please do take one, and we'd love you to know more about our plans and uh, what we're hoping to do. I just want to say a few words um, about next week and what we are going to be doing in the lead up to that. In verse 7 of that passage that we read, Paul was very clear that we shouldn't give out of a sense of duty. We shouldn't give out, give out of a sense of a perceived obligation. He says to the Corinthians, be intentional about this, not careless. Give what you have decided to give in your heart to give. So I hope that you are already thinking and praying about um, Commitment Sunday, which is next week. What are we asking you to do? Well, first, would you just take a moment now to um, review your personal finances over the next few days and to think about your giving, your regular giving, pray about that. If you don't currently give to the life of this church, think about beginning to do that. If you give occasionally, well, maybe you could step up to giving regularly. If you give regularly, then could you consider giving a tithe, giving 10% of your gross income? If you already give a tithe, do you want to be extravagant and test out these promises of what happens when we're generous and give over and above that? And then would you pray about the launch of um, our new, of new sites? Stains today, but others are planned. Um, we have put together a budget of about £75,000 for the next couple of years. And we need to buy equipment, we need to pay out for venue hire, and essential things like donuts, because it wouldn't be Riverside Vineyard without donuts, would it? And that gift should be over and above your regular giving, because all of this is still happening. We're still running Feltham, of course. So this could be a gift you want to give right now. You might want to set up a new standing order. Or you may know that you're coming into a bit more money in a few months' time. Maybe you get paid a bonus. Um, you can pledge to give in the future. All of that you can record on the response card um, that comes with the brochure. And then we would love you to think about being part of a team. Like I said earlier, God needs people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and get involved. And it's just essential to the smooth running of what we do. But it's also good fun. It gets you to be part of something and you get to know other people as well. And then finally, would you complete that response card and be ready to hand it in during next week's service? It's usually a really celebratory time. And of course, you can do this online, and, or you could send it in um, by snail, snail mail to the church office if that suits you best, and if you know you're not going to be here in person next week.
passage is um, well, bits of it are familiar, aren't they? You reap what you sow. God loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard those things before. And the theologian Tom Wright says it's easy to, to read this passage and think, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's like a list of wise sayings about generosity. But then he goes on to say this. He says, this passage gives us the whole picture of what it is to be God's people. Generous giving is that fundamental. This is the whole picture of what it is to be God's people. But it isn't easy. And we need God's help. And the passage also refers to the grace that God extends to us to help us to do good things. So now we have an opportunity to pray to receive that grace. And as we go into this time of um, praying for one another, we would just love, um, we would just love to pray for you uh, for any needs that you have. But just in particular this morning, I am aware that times are tough. And that might be a source of anxiety for you. Please don't carry that anxiety out with you this morning. We would love to pray for you. And also, if when somebody starts talking about money or being generous, you just sort of sense, oh, this is difficult. Well, God can help you with that. He will extend your grace, his grace to you. So we would love to pray for you, um, particularly for that as well, but also any other needs that you have. So would you like to stand and I'm going to pray for just all of us, all of us to be um, aware of God's presence. Just take a moment just to bring any emotions that have stirred up in your heart this morning. Whether it be fear, anxiety, oh no, not this topic again. Whatever it is, God won't be shocked. Just release that to him now. God, thank you for the promise of your grace. Thank you that you are so generous, we will never be able to grasp how much you have given us. We are so grateful, Lord. And I ask that you would pour your spirit out on your people this morning. <laughs>